Hi, and welcome to the Village Traders Podcast. I'm your host, Njabulun Tsaband. This podcast is aimed at helping you and experienced traders navigate the markets and learn from other traders. Um, chatting with a good friend of mine again, Jose Goma. Uh, we're chatting on uh, building a trading system or trading plan and how I built mine. So he's going to poke me on how I built mine and the process. And they're like, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, Jeff, so good in yourself, man. Uh, all is well, man. Can't complain much. Can't complain. Um, yeah, good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's been a minute, man. How like it's been? It's been a while since we last had you on the show. Awesome, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's been what like a couple of weeks or so. So yeah, I guess it has been. Eh? Just yeah, because it's... of what's happening between the market and everything. So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, anyway, let's get started, man, on, on, on the, the, the issue at hand on building a trading system and a trading plan. Ah, yes, awesome. Uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to know, since you've been telling me about your new uh, system that you've been developing, you know, so maybe talking about that a bit, like telling us like how you came up about that system, what's it about and all the things, but just getting the message. Okay. Um, so, so uh, I've always been, um, as, 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 a, like, as, as a start going into trading, I've always been, uh, I've always liked the idea of, of trend trading, like trading with the trend and, and staying with the trend for as long as you possibly can. And prior to me trading equity CFDs, I was trading uh, um, 721 system, which is a, a trend-based system on the SA indices and also the laser system as well. I've been trading that as well, um, which is also a trend-based um, 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 system because, you know, when you, when you stay with the trend for long enough, you, you can make a heap of money. Um, but when, when the, the market starts to range, you, you, you'll start to bleed a, a little bit. So how how I, I, I actually got to how I start like how I built my, 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 my trading system as, as it were at the, the one that I'm using at the moment. Um, when, when we, when we started trading uh, equity CFDs with someone, I was just trading everything. I mean, I was, it was almost like throw, uh, throwing mud at the wall and, and, and look and see what sticks, you know, I was just trading everything. Um, and then over the period I started, uh, um, adding filters and reducing um, the 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 setups that I was trading and 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 putting up a a, a system that will filter out some of the trades and um, um, take on the trades that fit within that particular uh, um, system. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yes, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Uh, so in the beginning, I was filters, trading reversal. Huh? And I just said, I'm touching on those filters. What were those filters that you put in place? Um, so uh, when, when we started out, ne, uh, I was just trading everything. I was trading reversal patterns. I was trading uh, uh, breakout patterns. I was trading um, candlestick patterns. I was trading black bullish uh, engulfing dojis, uh, etc. Right. So I started when I was reviewing my trades, I started seeing that the 200 day exponential moving average has uh, um, some, some heavy, heavy weight on the trade. So almost all the time when the price came to the 200 day moving average, it's, it stopped. Right. It, it, 
either um you know when i was on when I, if i'm trading facing the 200 day moving average and my target is beyond that 200 day moving average i never reached my target you know so it almost act as a resistance or support so i started picking that up and then i moved into also because on every week uh, uh, I look into the weekly charts, right? So I also put did the same process on the weekly chart, and I started noticing that trades that had the 200-day exponential moving average and the 200-week exponential moving average behind me um, were had a better probability of of winning, right? So I I won more than I lost when I had those moving averages behind me. So uh, uh, and and after I had ha having had read um, trading for a living with with um, Elder, so you he he speaks about the the the, the what's this the triple screen system where you'd look at um, the 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 trend on the higher time frames and try to trend to trade in the direction of that higher time frame. You know what I mean? Ah, okay, very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, so uh, he, he talks about the one order of magnitude higher. So I'm trading a daily chart. So one order of magnitude higher is five times the, um, the chart that I'm looking at. So that would make it a weekly chart. So I want to be trading in the direction of the weekly chart. So uh, I've been toying around different ideas of um, how I determine a trend on a weekly chart, you know, whether using a trend line or just using the 200-day uh, uh, EMA. Um, and then, uh, so remember, I, I did mention earlier that I was trading the, the lazy system, right? So the lazy says, if the 30 exponential moving average is above the 60, you want to be, you want to be long. So the trend is up. And inversely, if, if the 30 is below the 60, the trend is down, right? But usually we use that system trading indices. We're not trading, um, we can't use that system trading equities because of that volatility, yeah. right? Yeah. But now when you're looking at the weekly chart and plotting the, the, the excuse me, the 60 and the 30, uh, the, they are less impacted by the volatility because weekly charts are less noisy than daily or four hourly charts etc they less they less noisy so they did kind of define the trend for me much better um than the 200 day exponent 200 week exponential moving average did for at least for me right and uh, i went back uh, uh um to 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 the charts that trades that i was in um and and just other uh, just charts in general um if, as much as I possibly can, going seeing the relationship between the uh, the sixty the, the thirty week and the sixty week exponential moving average and the trend and and this process is relatively easy. You can just eyeball it without necessarily looking for trades. You can just eyeball that um, when the thirty is above the sixty, the trend is up. You can see it on the chart, right? And when, when the, the, the 30 is below the 60, the trend is down, and you can see it on the chart. So that's kind of how, mm -hmm. how I came with, with, with that in terms of, okay, I want to be a trend trader, uh, but now the question is, how do I define that trend? How do I um, define to say, okay, we're in an uptrend or, or we're in a downtrend, right? 
so the weekly charts okay th- cool is 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 um uh, that uh, determining factor for me to say 30 is above the 60 we're long 30s below the the the, the 60s were short. Now that I know which direction of the market I want to be in, it's just now looking for the setups um, that will take me into the into into the trade, the method of entering um, the trade. So I have quite a quite a, a hefty list of of um, methods that take me into into the trade. So I. I Predominantly, they all breakouts. They all breakout um, 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 patterns, but into the trend, you know, into the direction of the trend. I don't trade reversal patterns. So if if I get a a a, a trading signal or a, a, a breakout pattern, when my my so let's say I getting I'm getting a long uh, 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 signal when the trend is down, I ignore the trade. Oh, okay, right. Cool. So I, I don't I don't try to I, to reverse the trend. Yeah, I don't ah, count the yeah. trend. Yes, yes. Ah. So the 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 start the methods uh, or the setups that take me into the trends are all breakout patterns. So it is the bull and bear flags. Um, it is the 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 triangle patterns so symmetrical ascending and descending triangle patterns the falling and the rising wedge the cup and handle um cup and handle is usually a a a reversal pattern but you can trade it as a continuation oh okay cool yeah uh, also the triangle patterns can be a reversal pattern but you can trade them as a, a a continuation pattern similarly with the the head and shoulders it's a reversal pattern but you can trade it as a continuation pattern okay right cool. um just on the the breakout because you mentioned that you would say patterns on breakout so um there's a thing where traders so there are like two types of traders who trade mm-hmm. breakouts. They are those that wait for it to just break out and then they would enter, mm-hmm. or they are those that would wait for it to break out and then do some like a pullback or like a retest, as it's called, and then enter on the retest. So do you just enter immediately on the breakout or do you wait for a little bit of a pullback or retest in order to enter? Um, so initially, I, I, I was just entering at the breakout, right? So if it breaks out today, first thing tomorrow, when the market opens, I enter into the position at market, whatever, wherever we opened at, right? Ah, And then I started noticing that almost always we do retest that level that we break, that we broke out from. Ah, Okay, cool. So now, so now what I do is um, when the, if the breakout happens today, tomorrow, I'll put a, 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 if, if, if I'm long, I'll put the buy limit order just above the, um, the, the resistance level that we broke out from. Ah, okay, nice, nice. And then so far, uh, I, and, and, I, I, and I know I'll, eventually I'll miss some trades, but so far, 100% of the trades that broke out came back to retest and took me in, and then we, we were off to the races. Ah, awesome, awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. So I do wait for the retest. But in some instances, such as the flag, I don't. Mm, okay, why? So it's the flag, the falling wedge. Um, because of, of how that setup is structured. So I, I enter on retest on head and shoulders pattern because the breakout is we're breaking out or, out of a horizontal line. Okay, right. Okay, cool. Um, so cup and handle, head and shoulders, rectangle or a rectangle flag, all of those we're breaking out of a rectangle line. And with a cool, cool. bull, with a bull flag or a bear flag or symmetrical triangle, or a um, uh, what's this? Um, uh, uh, rising and falling wedges. Those lines are are are, are, um, are slant, right? So it's it's a bit difficult for me to kind of wait for a retest where that retest is going to be at a lower price. It usually does come back to retest and run, but I just mm. like uncomfortable waiting for the retest. So I just enter at market and, you know, I just take that hit of, of yeah, if you could have, if you put a, a, a limit order lower, it would have came back to, re- I, I'm happy to take that pain. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just being a little bit of drawdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to, to, to take that, that pain. And then comes the issue of the stop loss, right? Um, so how I place my stop is usually the, um, the setup will tell me, for example, the, when I'm trading a bull flag, you put your stop below the last low point, right? Uh, of, of that, of, of that flag structure, you put, you put it there, but I have a rule that says my stop loss should be at least, um, two times ATR or more. So it must be double the average true range. Or, or more. So I first place the stop and go check if it, it is more than twice the ATR. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, if, if it's not, and then two times ATR would be my stop. So I'll push it. I like my stop being wide. You know, I, I like giving my trades a little bit of, of wiggle room. Okay, cool, cool. Okay. And I guess because you are trading on a daily, so most likely you need to give the trade like some room. Yes, 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 a hundred percent. And also, similarly, when I'm when I, when I'm, I'm I'm trailing my stop, if I'm long, I want the price to be making higher lows and higher highs, right? So once it runs and pulls back and makes a lower uh, a higher low, when it breaks that prior high, um, I move my stop to that most recent to just below that most recent low. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah, I, I that's how I trail my stop, and obviously from time to time you'd find that the market breaks at low, but doesn't break your original stop loss and goes back to your in in your direction. Mm-hmm. That happens from time to time, but I'm happy taking the. It actually happened recently with uh, a trade I was on on Remgro. I trailed my stop. It came back. It breached the low. The it made a lower low, but turned back to to make a higher high. So I was out of the mark. I was out of the trade um, in that instance. And had I not trailed my stop, um, I was going to be in the green in, in, in that trade. But fortunately, after trading that stop, that I was at break even. But the fact that it broke the market structure of higher highs and higher lows, I'm happy taking that hit because you know 
mm. those things happen in the market and you need a for me um you need a a a mechanic way of um obviously with a little bit a bit of discretion here and there but a mechanic way of um uh, um you know trading you know whether it's setting stops trailing stops targets and the like yeah and yeah. you don't even use a right you know you but don't I, put like a don't put a target that you're aiming for i do i do but um yeah in, interesting that you asked that um so i i the setup itself would put me, will give me a target, right? So, a, a, for example, in a bull flag or a bear flag, the pole structure will I'll project. So, you project the pole structure from the low of the, of the flag and whatever, wherever it lands, um, that's, that's your minimum target. Mm, right? Okay. Yeah. So, I project that upwards and I, I, I get my minimum target. But that, Important to note, it's a minimum target. Similarly, oh, with um, head and shoulders pattern, I use the height of the neck and project it upwards. With rectangles, it's the height of the range project, projected upwards from, from the breakout. So uh, all of these setups have the, the targets, and, and you can look them up. Uh, they, these are just classic um, um, chart patterns. You can look them up. They'll give you a place where you put a target, right? But something happens from time to time, not, all, not always, but from time to time, where I would get a second, uh, uh, for example, with a trade that I'm actually really liking at the moment is African Rainbow Minerals. It's one of my favorite trades um, at the moment. Um, so you, I, I got in initially into the trade using a falling wedge, right? Okay, cool. And then as the trade is moving in my direction and I'm moving my stop using higher lows and whatnot, I then get a bullish flag before my target was hit. Wow. Okay. And then when I uh, adjust the, uh, when, when I project my target, my minimum target for the flag, it then takes me higher to higher than the previ- uh, the the target that I initially had on the on on the first trades. So when I add into the position, I moved the targets higher. Oh, of the first one. Yeah, of the first ones. So what I want to do, uh, my goal is be very big when I'm right and small when I'm wrong. So when I'm wrong, I lose 2% or 3% of my of my which we'll get to that in just a sec. I, I lose um, two to three percent of my of my of my account equity, um, um, but when I'm right, I want to add into in, into that into those position. Given that I don't just now um, re-enter positions just because uh, I'm in a I'm in a winning position, I need to have a setup that I already have in the plan playing out, and then I add into the position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's, and, and the, the key thing for me when I'm entering into, into a position, the stop loss of the new trade must put the stop loss of the prior trades either at profit, at break even or better. So I can't add more risk into the trade. 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So if 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 my initial risk going into the trade was say a hundred bucks, and two percent of my portfolio was a hundred bucks at that at, at that time, um, then you when I'm adding into that position, I can't put more than hundred bucks at at risk still. So either the, 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 the new trade, the old trade is at break even a better. And now the new trade, I'm risking a hundred bucks. So I'm still risking that hundred bucks um, that I, I risk when I entered into the position. But now my upside has, um, has like increased. My potential return has been increased. Definitely. So, but my risk remains the same, but my returns, my return is now increased because of, of, of adding into that position. Yeah. So I guess in this instance is that your risk has definitely increased astronomical, but then you're still risking the same without over leveraging or anything. Yes. A hundred percent. So I, I always make sure that the, the stop, the stop loss of the new trade doesn't lower the stop loss of the old trade. So the, 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 mm, mm. I only add into the position if the first uh, trade is showing me profit. I only add into winners. If it's showing me a loss, I don't add into it, even if I find a new setup. So it, the, the, the old trade must first be in profit. Mm, okay, cool. First rule, the first checkbox is the, the first trade, if I'm adding to a position, the first trade must already be in profit. Secondly, the stop loss of the new trade must not lower the stop loss of the previous trade, must make it better, you know? And I will mm-hmm. also use the new stop loss as the new stop loss of the other trades as well. Oh, okay. Cool. So for example, if, if let's say I enter a position at 10 rand, right? And my stop loss is at nine and I get a new entry at let's say 15 rand and the new entry stop loss is at say 13.50. I move the stop loss of the original trade, which was at nine red to 13.50, meaning the original trade uh, is now have profits secured. You know what I mean? And and if the target of the new trade is higher than the target of the previous trade, I put both targets at the same place. But if it's lower, I put the target of the new trade where the target of the old trade was. Ah, you know what I'm cool, saying? Cool. Yeah. Um, you said that you don't add positions to lose to losers, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know, in terms of, let's say you signal to enter, let's say a short or a long, and mm-hmm. the trade loses, but then you get another signal again, so enter in that same direction. But uh, okay. Are you saying after I have been stopped out? Yeah. So after you've been stopped out and you get another signal, would you still enter again? Yeah. If, if the, if for example, uh, if I'm long and I get stopped and I get another signal where first I'd still check that 60 is above the, um, 30 is above the 60. So we're good. I will enter. So my trades are disconnected. So the new trade is completely disconnected from the old one. So when I get a new okay. signal, that's a new trade. And the old trade does not, not, doesn't, doesn't exist in my mind anymore. 
and, 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 and that's a very important uh, uh, and I believe that's a very important thing to 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 grasp and understand that your new trade has no is not influenced in any way shape or form by 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 its by the previous trade so the new trade is a unique event even though it looks very similar they still they both bullish flags but this new one is a unique event from the previous one and this is important when you are running into a a run of losing trades right so if you are running on a string Ah, of losing trades the new one you need to be able after losing seven trades in a row you need to be able to take the eighth trade you know what i mean i mean i've i've had yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I may be wrong, but possibly the longest losing streak uh, in history. <laughs> you know, I lost 16 trades in a row. 16 or 18 trades oh, in a row. 16. Yeah, about 16 or 18 trades in a row. But I still need to take uh-huh. that 19th trade as if the 16 didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But then how, how did you manage in jobs? Like, in terms of those 16 were you actually following your plan or were you just because you just lost them say, okay cool let me just add on let me just add on or were you actually yeah. just following your plan or was it just more psychology or what okay um it was it was just always always following a plan so it was always um uh, uh, granted the earlier trades were um were not following this new plan that i have were just uh but uh, they, they followed a plan you know that was uh it was either uh, a, a a a bullish flag oh, or cool, beige cool. flag or i didn't just enter trades at random i was entering trades because of a certain trigger but how i survived losing yeah. that many trades um without decimating my account or blowing my account is money management so my money management if i do say so myself was impeccable over the period over the past three or so months oh okay cool awesome awesome i was saying that is quite interesting that you just lost like 16 18 in a row uh yeah yeah and and i still leave to 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 fight another day um, uh, and, and money management is is the reason why I was able to live to fight another day. Yeah, just looking at two percent always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for me, and in terms of risk uh, management and money, how how I uh, uh, employ that as a, as a, as a rule in my overall system. I resolve not to risk more than 3% of, of my account equity at any given time. And the reason why it's 3% and not 2 is I continuously fund my account. So every time I add new capital, the, oh. the risk on the trade that's already open reduces. But mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's different from funding... Uh, refunding an account is a solution of losing money. It's funding an account. It's like, oh, for me, it's finding a winning system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't now go lose money, lose, know, go and lose okay. money in the market. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll put more money in. No, 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 no. It's, 
because I'm trading on a shoestring uh, 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 line, I need to keep on adding capital into it so that my, uh, uh, my line grows through profits and through capital raising. And then there, there will come a point where I stop yeah. adding capital into, in, in, into, in, in, into the account um, and, and, and just, you know, generate the growth in terms of in rent terms, just purely through, through um, the P&L. However, from an admin, pers- uh, admin per- per- perspective, I unitize my portfolio so, so that if I add more capital, it does not um, uh, um, make a difference in terms of the uh, P&L growth, in terms of the account equity growth. So I, I do factor new capital in. So, mm. for example, when I, when, when I started the account, I had 1,000 rand, right? So it was like, okay, 1,000 rand, how many units do I have? I picked a random number at the time. It was 100. So 100 units. So each unit is worth 10 rand. And I have 100 units. Okay. So uh, if I added the money the very next day before I took on any trade, let's say I added another 1,000 rand, I would say, okay, 1,000 rand buys me 100 units. So I add 100 units and um, now I have 200 units. And what's my account equity at the time? If it's, say, 2,500, 2,500 divided by the number of units that I have. And that's the value of each unit. You know, every time the account equity changes, the value of each unit changes. So I track um, my uh, equity curve using the units so that I don't say, ah, yeah, I started with a thousand mm-hmm. and now I have five, but I've added four. So that, that doesn't make, that means, you know, I'm still at zero yeah, in yeah. terms of growth. Yeah. I, I think you've touched on something quite interesting. Mm-hmm. You've touched on something quite interesting and I'm hoping we can discuss this in the near future. Uh, maybe a, a podcast is where we talk about treating your account as a business or treating trading as a business. Because I think most traders, as we go into trading, we don't even look at those aspects. We just focusing on, oh, okay, cool, I have this amount, I'm trying to double it or triple it and do X amount of money with it or something like that. We don't even look at that aspect of it. Yeah, and, and definitely, um, trading is, make no bones, trading is a business, and you need to treat it as, as, as such. Um, and and, you, and it, it, any good business keeps their records, keeps good records, um, they, 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 they manage their expenses well, and as a trader, your expenses are losing trades, um, data, uh, charting platforms, et cetera, et cetera. You need to keep track of those and you need, you need to reduce your expenses uh, and make sure that your, your expenses are less your, 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 your revenue. So your revenue as a trader are winning trades. Your expenses are losing trades. So you want your revenue to be higher than your uh, winning trades. And the way to cap that is to ensure that you respect your stop loss and your risks per trade. You don't risk too much of your account equity on each and in each and every individual trade. You actually need to think like a, the way a casino run its business, that's how you must run your trading business. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Now stop being a gambler, man. Why don't you ask another <laughs> Stop being a gambler. Uh, you know, one day, who knows? <laughs> what, what, what do you call it? Uh, there's this... This famous thing from Lotto. I'm not sure if we might uh, get... But I'm not, not sure if we if we allowed to say it. The famous thing from Lotto where they say, Tatama chance, Tatama millions. So... Who knows? Maybe you should try that to trading. Yeah, but, chance you might even get me. Yeah, but you have, yeah, taking chances. You are not, you know, when you're starting a business, you're starting a business. You are not taking chances. Don't take chances. Mm, yeah, another thing in jobs is since you maybe let's just bring back to your trading system. So since you've created this trading system of yours. Um, maybe like some guidelines as to someone else who wants to come up with their own system, like uh, what factors maybe they should consider in terms of creating their own system? Uh, good question. So um, for me, uh, uh, um, you need to align, find a system that best, that best fits your personality, right? That best fits you because every system will go through a drawdown. Right, so you find a system that fits your personality and that you can um, handle its ups and downs. Right. Secondly, uh, yeah. uh, um, not every setup works for every asset. Right. So, for mm. example, um, um, you know the seven twenty one system that I mentioned earlier does not work on, uh, um, on, on equity CFDs because of volatility. So if you okay. want to trade indices, um, find a system that is best suited for indices. If you want to trade um, FX, find setups or systems that are best suited for FX. Um, if you want to de- swing trade, find systems that are better suited for swing trading. And if you want to day trade, find things or systems that are best suited for day traders don't now look for swing trading setups that setups that are are best for swing traders and go apply it on a 15 minute chart Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and after all of that so then after, after everything, you need to understand fundamentally why that plan will make money. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So then I think this is a question that will maybe just um, highlight in both your two statements that you made in terms of finding a system that would work in uh, that specific asset as well as why that plan will make money is, the question is, how do you find that system? How do you know that the system actually works for this type of assets and all that? You bet. How it. do you know it will make money? So, 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 um, my, 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 my preferred route is go with, start with copying someone else's system that is closest to you in terms of personality and backtest other uh, um, strategies, whether through a demo or so, well, you can do what I did, but I don't, I don't advise it. Just fund a, a small account, trade everything and review every, excuse me, review every trade to see 
what you could have done better or what works better for you. Um, uh, and, and when reviewing trade, don't just look at trades that made money. Look at uh, yeah. uh, um, your susceptibility of making mistakes in those, in those trades, in those setups. For example, I was taking preemptive trades, right? So I would see, for example, a, 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 a rectangle pattern forming or a, a head and shoulders pattern forming, and then I get like a, bull, a bullish flag at the bottom, right? Before the breakout actually happens and be like, you know what? Because of this, the breakout will actually happen. And then now, when I'm, once I'm in the trade, I, I no longer know how to manage this trade because the trade that I'm actually waiting for is the breakout and the breakout actually never happens, right? So finding, like finding those things mm-hmm. that work for you. So, and, you know, open a demo account, mm-hmm. to throw mud at the wall, see what sticks, see what works best for you, um, see where you, le- you make less mistakes um like less trading errors and by trading errors i don't mean losing money by trading errors i mean not following the plan see what setups that you take but never follow its plan and see what setups that you take and Mm -hmm. actually do follow the plan and just trade those because it means that from a personality perspective those setups work well for you i get you get you yeah. Yeah, but backtest everything, whether through One a demo or through a small account. Okay, awesome, awesome. Or even using like a simulator, if some might seem that uh, trading on a demo might take them a bit longer in terms of days, in terms mm-hmm. of backtesting to figure out how long the system uh, will yield profits or something, or to see if it actually fits their persona. Mm-hmm. Maybe just getting a simulator, there's like a lot of simulators. You can use the body play on trading view, or you can get a forex tester or even a forex simulator. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, that's that's a that's a very great point. Um, so I, I in terms of the these chart patterns like flags and wedges and 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 uh, head and shoulders and stuff, I used to practice that every day and every weekend on a trading simulator. I think we were, uh, it was Soft FX. Um, you can correct me, Jose. I got it from you. Um, that the trading simulator, but it, it was only for FX and indices. Um, I was just practicing those those setups on 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 that account on on that simulator, and also for uh, for shares, I use the uh, the replay function on TradingView, so you can go back in history and kind of like look for those patterns on each share um, um, that they have. So yeah, the, the, uh, under, we'll, leave, we'll leave the link to uh, uh, um, uh, Trading View on the, on, on the show notes uh, and also uh, the SoftFX uh, platform. But Trading View works well for whether you want equities or you want shares or you want indices because they have everything. So my preferred is, is, is Trading View. Mm, okay, so I had another question. So this is more of a, a personal one. Because I just got your, what's this? I, I got a email to your, to your published article on just one lab.com. 
So you talking of liquidation of your portfolio. And once <laughs> I read the title, I was like, ah, Jeff is going to encourage us. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us about that, example, because <laughs> I, I read it. Uh, so I've already read the article. Uh, for those that haven't read it, uh, so they can, so the listeners can actually just go on just one lap.com and under the cash club, you'll find in Jabso's article. And you can also find some great uh, resources on that website as well. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll leave, well, I'll leave the link to, to that article um, on, on the show notes as well. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, when, when we started trading um, equity, equity CFDs, you know, I had, I had, and uh, you know, twenty twenty has been a year like no other. That that like in every facets of of life, you know, twenty twenty has been a year like no other. So I, I I as I was reviewing trades and 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 trying to improve my trading and 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 that sort of thing, I looked at how both my ETF only portfolio and my my single stocks handled the crash, right? In terms of both, how much mm. did they crash and how how long did they take to recover and how they recovered, right? And in my portfolio, mm. um, there was a bunch, of, there were stocks that I bought on tips. There were stocks that I bought just because I knew the company when I started, you know, playing around with the 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 easy equities platform. And there were but a, a, a half half of those stocks I bought them through um uh, uh what's this the value uh, methodology. You can look it up. Uh, by, by, it was famously uh, by by you know Warren Buffett and Benjamin Graham. So I was using that methodology to 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 pick stocks, right? You know. Details of that are all over the interwebs. So go check check those out on 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 the internet. So I looked looked at all um how 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 much hit they took and how they recovered. And my ETF only portfolio, not only did it crash less, but it rec- recovered quicker. And post recovery, it it now it's back in the green, like decently in the green, right? And my 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 uh, um, my my single stock portfolio was at, at pretty much a break even, right? Some stocks were higher than the others, and uh, like obviously that's I'm aware that's that's just a random event, right? My 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 port- single stocks portfolio could have easily been uh, a better had a better recovery and had better return post um, post the crash, right? But I, I looked at what's required for you to manage or to, a, a, to, for anyone to manage a single stock portfolio. One, you must manage uh, the weighting of the, the portfolio of all, I, I had about 15 stocks. Um, you must manage you must look at annual and interim results of all the 15 stocks. You must um, uh, um, look out for sense announcement if there's any changes to the reason why you bought the stock. Because I'm a, I'm a big proponent of understanding why you, you, you buy a share. 
um, so that when, whenever there's like sense announcement or results, you can go back and check if your reasons are still in place. You know what I mean? If you bought the stock because of its low debt and high dividend yield, every time there's a uh, results out, you, you go back to say, um, is, this, is the debt still low? However you define low, um, is the dividend yield still good? Um, however you define good. So all of that, I, I just personally found it daunting, man. Like I, I didn't like the process of going through results. I didn't, I just didn't like it. And I just, I, with, with regards to trading, I go through about 40, 50 stocks every single day. And I don't find that daunting. So I just figured, okay, this does mean that I am much better invest. I'm a much better trader than I am an investor from a personality perspective. And also remember when you are mm-hmm. buying single stocks, what do you, whether consciously or subconsciously, what you're saying is I can do better than the index. Right. And then I asked myself Definitely. two questions. I, I, I asked myself the question that says, of the two portfolio being the single stock, um, my single stock uh, uh, long-term, long-only portfolio and my trading portfolio, if I were to give new capital, um, like if I were to give large sums of capital, which of the two I am most confident in that I will actually beat the index? And the, 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 the answer was simply, my trading portfolio, I would beat the index. I have the confidence that I would beat the index any, 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 any given year. Or, or at least over a sustainable period. And I didn't have mm-hmm. that same level of confidence that I would beat the index picking stocks. So rather just instead of picking stocks, buy an index and match the index. And on the trading side, I'll actually then um, um, uh, uh, try and beat, beat the index there. And also, now comes the, the, the issue of risk, right? Trading is much more riskier than investing, right? In terms of um, um, uh, uh, risk of ruin, right? In terms of like losing your, your entire money. But my risk management has been, has been very good, has been uh, quite impeccable um, 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 over the, this past while and have been very, very well disciplined in terms of managing my risk on, on, on my trade. So I'm comfortable taking on that risk. So that is why I was like, you know what? Let me just sell everything and move that money. I, I just moved that money into my tax-free portfolio uh, and bought ETFs there with an exception of the Purple Group because I, I, I just couldn't bring myself to selling that share, man. I really, really like that company. And it has been the best performance. I, I would hate guess. if you did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pe- Purple, I, 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 could, I, couldn't, I couldn't bring myself in, 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 in selling Purple. <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. Yeah, and, and so I, I believe Purple is a hundred bagger, man. Yeah, Purple is a hundred bagger. I, at least I believe, you know, and this is just me speculating. Yeah. Anything yeah, but I'm, happen, but hey, yeah, I'm speculating on I'm just one share. To- yeah. <laughs> well, in depth, I think this will just be like the final question then uh, before maybe we, we wrap up everything. So final question is in terms of 
um, what's it? In terms of you keeping to your trading plan, in terms of seeing those setups, how do you ensure do you do take like uh, what's the bare legs and all of the other stuff in terms of not saying, oh, I think this is a bare leg. I think this is a head and shoulders. And let me just take this trade, even though it might not seem as if it's like a perfect or one that you look at. How do you ensure that you are taking the right setup? If you if if you've been following the um 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 me or the podcast or um, um village trader, my goal has had always been a perfect trade, and this is this is an idea that I took from from Simon. Um, so each and every trade goes through a checklist, and if it doesn't fit that checklist, I don't take that trade, and. Uh, having that checklist in place and written down is for me, my goal is, is to always achieve that. You know what I mean? Is to always um, get the next perfect trade, the next perfect trade, the next perfect trade. You know what I mean? And in 2021, I've, I've resolved to say, okay, 2020 has been my back testing, my play around, my this, my that. In 2021, my count of perfect trades resets from one. From, from zero to, you know, and I'm going to be starting perfect trade number one, two, yeah, yeah. all the way. And my, my goal will always be the next trade needs to be a perfect trade. So I perfect trade, I, my goal is to have one perfect trade and then two and then three and so on and so forth. So I, I and another thing that helps a lot is how I trade. So I'm trading a daily chart, right? And I'm trading on uh, a, a non-continuous market, meaning I'm trade the, the market that I trade, I trade the JSE, the JSE closes 10 to 5 and they go on the closing auction, right? So from 10 to 5 all the way to 10 past 9 the next day, there's no movement in price. So I have yeah. 12 plus hours to look at this chart and say, Yes, this is a wedge. Yes, this is a flag. No, this is not. A, I have 12 hours to figure that out. And if after 12 hours, I still think it's a head and shoulders, man, that thing is a head and shoulders. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, just, I was thinking maybe you would have like some image in, in terms of like maybe in your, like where you're trading. So maybe mm-hmm. on your wall or something. So you'd have like some image. Okay, <clears throat> like some reference point or something like that. Just yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do have like. Uh, yeah, I do have images of how a flag look like, of how a wedge uh, look like. But now I refer to those images much less because, uh, you know, my eye has been trained to look at this so many times. You know what I mean? Your back testing and everything. Yeah. So um now. When I see a falling wedge, I can just see it without necessarily having to go back and confirm. Ah, awesome, awesome. Yeah. And, and just, just as in the last thing before, before we, we, we close um, on, 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 on risk, another thing um, um, uh, on, on the checklist on, on that, I, that we didn't mention that, um, is the, the risk, risk reward, right? Um, ah, okay. I cool. want all my trades to be at least the reward should be 
twice as big as the risk. So if the, the, the reward is less than twice, I don't take the trade. It's not worth finding out if I'm right. Even if I am, it's not worth finding out. So the risk of getting into that trade is not worth it. So I, 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 I would let, for example, there was a trade, I think it was on Nel, uh, I can't remember, it was one of the biggie, uh, the, 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 the big cap stocks, the large caps. Um, the risk reward was like one to one and a half. So I can't, I can't risk one rand to get, you know, 150. So I just let the trade go. And the, the mm-hmm. importance of having yeah. a, 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 like a higher risk reward ratio is that you can lose half the time and still be profitable. Ah, yes. You only need like what, a 40% win rate or something like that? Yeah, I think to, to break even or to, to win or something. So um, it's important for me to, to, to have a, a, a decent risk-to-reward uh, risk to risk to ratio. And then once I'm in the trade, I'll try to improve the reward side of the things by adding to the position without increasing the risk side of the things. But the, before yeah. the initial trade needs to have a risk reward ratio of one to two or better. Mm, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we can park it here, man, unless you have any more questions or anything to add. Nah, I think, I think um, we can park it here. Yeah, we can park it here and jump. Okay, cool. Jose, again, man, thank you for your time. Uh, we uh, really enjoy our, our chats and our conversation on the podcast and off the podcast. Uh, you know, glad to have you back, man. Ah, thanks for having me, Thanks, <laughs> thanks. It's good to be back. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's it for the Village Trader this week. Be sure not to miss another episode of the Village Trader by subscribing on your favorite podcatcher. We're on every decent um, podcatcher. Uh, you know, subscribe on the website villagetrader.coza. Mm. Ah, we have a YouTube channel now. I have a YouTube channel looking at charts each and every day. Um, go check that out, Village Trader on YouTube. I'll leave the link to the channel on the show notes below. Um, yeah, man. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, check your next time on the Village Trader. Follow us on Twitter at Village Trader ZA. I am at Njabulo underscore Koche. And uh, Jose is at Tumi underscore Koma. You know, Uh, Until next week, thank you, man. Cheers.